What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good evening. It is Monday, June 15th, 2015. My name is Michael Clark. I'm not afraid to give my name. We're here tonight, again, as we are every Monday night at 8 o'clock Eastern, to talk about the to talk about uh, the only true asset protection program available anywhere in the world. The only true uh, asset privacy program anywhere in the world. So with that, tonight's talking points, my friends, I've picked out um, an interesting talking point. And uh, uh, the talking point for tonight, give me, uh, give me just one second here. Uh, I want to get something adjusted on my computer. Um, one second here. The talking point for tonight, anyway, is um, pre-STS personal problems, such as debts to creditors, uh, lawyers, uh, IRS or CRA. Guys, when you start the STS program, if you already have the sword of Damocles hanging over your head, um, it's a tricky situation there. And as I've told people throughout, from the day we started this, we can't guarantee anything on pre-existing debt. But so far, we've done very well. And the reason we've done very well is because of the lack of knowledge of those who are attacking you, who are suing you, okay? But if you've got a debt to any of those people, understand, you're behind the eight ball already. Now, the key is to get out from behind the eight ball in such a way that you win the game. And um, the key to that in every situation, the starting point is to get your STS program started. There's no statutory program on the market anywhere that an attorney can give you or anything else that can protect you. The reason being, the very first thing I learned when I started my research back in 1995, as a matter of fact, uh, about 19 years ago now, when I first started my research, the first thing I learned, the very first thing I learned is that anything you own can be taken from you. Anything you own can be taken from you. So the key, as I point out in the the, um, seminars, The key, or your biggest enemy, rather, is ownership, because anything you own can be taken from you. Well, Mike, how does that that get into corporations and LLCs and partnerships and statutory trusts? Because you're the owner of each of those entities. In a partnership, it's very obviously. I don't care if they try to set you up in a 1%. You're the 1% person. Guys, I don't care what you own. They can shut down the whole partnership. They can... can Put, a, put liens against everything that's in it because of a 1%. Um, if these items were so protective, the super wealthy would use them as the base of their asset privacy and asset protection. They don't. There's one item they use, and that's known as the pure trust or the pure contract trust or the contract trust or the constitutional trust, or the common law trust, or the true trust, or the specialized trust, as it's called in the Rockefeller file. 
all of these different things the judges have pointed back to if you have certain components in the trust in the contract rather if certain components are in that contract and there's five basic components if there's cert- if those five are in the trust then it is known as and and defined as a pure trust or any of the other names i've just mentioned plus some others that come out there now I know three private attorneys. All of them have said that uh, they, they kind of check what's out there. Uh, the one I know best, um, he's got seven clients. He makes eight figures a year, and each one of his clients have pure contract trust. And they've had them for generations, for decades, back into the 1800s. Okay, the earliest one was back in 1827. It was known as a Massachusetts trust. Then after a while, it evolved into what became known as a business trust. And I can, I'll get into the reasons later uh, for the names or maybe next week or whatever. And then in 1924, in Hecht versus Malley, the judge defined what we've got here for the first time as a pure trust. And it had certain elements to it. And because of those elements, he defined it as a pure trust. And in a pure trust, there's a couple things that are, that are mandatory. One, you have no ownership of the assets. Okay, you have you transfer your assets into the pure contract trust. You give up all ownership of those assets irrevocably to a third party independent arm's length person. Okay, and um, secondly, you have no control. You as you and in return for your assets, you get your consideration in this contract. It's a private contract. It is not a trust. It is not a trust. In return for your assets, you get trust certificates, which the courts have defined as uh, uh, it's the only trust, and they call it a trust, but again, it's a contract. And and Schumann versus, no, in um, Berry versus McCourt, the judge defined it as a contractual agreement in trust form. We do use trustees who hold assets for other people. And uh, so anyway, it's not a trust. Get that through your head first thing, because I've had so many people say, well, Mike, my, my trust, first of all, it's not yours. Second of all, it's not a trust. Get, get my trust or my LLC out of your head, okay? I do it from time to time, too, but when I'm in a hurry, but you've got to get it out of your head. So anyway, the pure trust was really created back then, and it has evolved as time went on, and um, it's evolved into what... <clears throat> We know today, as I said, defined by the courts as the um, um, pure contract trust, etc. So now everything's in the trust contractually and irrevocably. Irrevocably, is, is it an irrevocable trust? No. But if the bank or anybody asks you, yes. In the true definition, for those of you on the call tonight, the only reason I say say yes, they ask you, is it revocable or irrevocable? That's all they know. Okay, they don't know contract trust. And the difference is those assets are yours, and when you agree contractually with our creator to move your assets, your, to move your um, assets into the trust, to exchange your assets into the trust, you've got to have, that's your consideration. You've got to have consideration in return from the creator, and his consideration is to give you trust certificates, which in essence make you the beneficiary of those um, trust certificates. They are have been defined by the courts as personal property. And because they're defined as personal property, you've heard me say it before, 
anything that you can get defined as personal property, that you just put extreme power in that. Because personal property, according to the Fourth Amendment, which says illegal search and seizure of your property, i.e. personal property. Um, so that means that all of a sudden you can protect anything that's defined as personal property, you can protect, which includes your your vehicle, your television, your lawn and garden equipment, your investments, your bank accounts, because they're your personal property. And you can even, and the most powerful of all, this is probably equity. Equity is defined as intangible personal property. So um, with that being said, um, it's important to understand that, that what you do, the only way you can truly, truly protect your assets, especially if, they, if you've got a problem prior to starting your program. Step one is, now, well, we're going to be making some changes here very quickly because I, I, I really, I have people, we've got a lot of people that have come to us on this here. This was never intended to be part of it, but to be nice, we decided to, okay, if you got to, I'll write a letter to the people. And by the way, I've written letters to a lot of people, and sometimes we do forget to send the letter back to you. If you haven't got it, send us a note. We'll get it back out to you, and uh, we'll get the letter to you so you can keep it in your box as well. We want you to know what they're saying. But anyway, um, if you haven't got it yet, it's only because of we forgot to send you the letter back, or maybe even your situation got put under a pile of other letters, and I apologize, but that's the way it is. We're going to be making some changes, guys. We're going to have to just to stay in business. The STS program is for, is for asset protection. It's not for fighting attorneys, creditors, and the CRA and the IRS. That's not, we, we, can, we can let them know that you've got, you don't own any assets anymore. But a lot of times we went well beyond that. And, and Mike, will you speak with this person or will you talk with that person? And we've always done it. Uh, we've got some out there that, by golly, they would have. They would have paid if it was. If I was an attorney, they would have paid us over thirty thousand dollars, and they never. We never charged them a dime. But we and because of that, it, it holds us up in other areas. We're about asset protection. But here, let me tell you what we can do. If you are have already been attacked, first of all, you got to start a program immediately. We're not going to take these people that 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 I just got one in a couple days ago, and we're still in that mode, so they're going to be taken care of. But Somebody called me and said, Mike, I got this letter from the IRS just the other day, and, and I need you to write them a letter. Well, why didn't you start your program six months ago? You can either pay an attorney $15,000, $20,000 to protect you um, for your pre-existing um, problems, or you can spend $38,50. You're going to spend one or the other. Why don't you spend $38,50? Get yourself protected. Let's get some. See, by being protected now, even though you haven't got If you get the later letter later, then it's no problem. You've got some time that acts as insulation in your favor now. Yeah, I started that program three months ago or six months ago or a year and a half ago. Guys, if you're going to come in, Johnny, come lately. We're going to refuse you. We're going to have to refuse your program because it's beating us up. And uh, I don't want to let anybody down, but by golly, you're going to either have to make up your mind that you're going to spend somebody to fight the IRS or the CRA for you. Or you're going to spend 38.50 now and do what you're supposed to do, just the way the super wealthy. They don't procrastinate. They don't put things off. And and what I want you to know is, once we get in there, as long most of them don't have their their position protected. Okay, they don't have the liens on that they could lawfully, legally have against you. 
And that's what we do with the STS program. Even though you've got somebody that's attacked you, nobody has a lien against your assets. So you have the right to protect your property in any way you see fit. U.S., Canada, Germany, England, anywhere. If an attorney tells you, as, as one has said recently, well, I don't know if the laws in the contract law in the U.S. is the same as contract law in Canada. Well, that's right, because you have never studied that, Mr. or Miss Attorney. You've never studied that. You have no way of knowing. But let me tell you right now, it is basically the exact same thing. You have the right to protect your property. We protect it in the most powerful mode, the private contract, which is universal in the, uh, in the Western Hemisphere, okay, Western, uh, westernized co countries. Um, it, contract law is basically universal. might be a couple little glitches here or there, but the truth of the matter is that you have the right to any property that you own, you have the right to protect it in any way you see fit. Now, if you want to protect it through a corporation, you can do that. If you want to protect your, as attorneys tell you, if you want to protect it through an LLC, you can do that, as attorneys tell you, or, or um, statutory trusts or, or um, partnerships. But let me tell you, in any corporation, U.S. or Canada, the, uh, the trustees are the owner of the property, and there's tons of case law to back that up. Okay, and don't tell me just, well, Meg, that's the case law in the U.S. There are so many treaties between the U.S. and Canada. We're the two, the two closest countries anywhere in the world. There are so many treaties that basically one is the same as the other, okay? And the most powerful constitution in the world is the Constitution of the United States. Now, that doesn't make us better than anybody else. That doesn't make us even smart. It's obvious with the administration we've got in there now. That we've got a lot of problems in this country. The, even the, their own, the, the party of this administration is, uh, is turning against it. So we've got a lot of issues right now that we're dealing with, guys. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a divinely written Constitution years ago. I read both documents of the Canadian Constitution. It is very, very weak. Okay, And we've got a, an international um, contract... Um, uh, constitutional attorney that's right there in Calgary, and she's just a phenomenal person, her and James, Coral and James, her and James, Coral is that person, and her and James have the wealth uh, coaches, and they, they do a lot of good to help a lot of people up there in that area, okay? So, with that being said, um, I kind of lose track of where I'm at. With that being said, though, guys, once you get everything into the STS program, you've given up ownership of your assets irrevocably, meaning you can't go back and get them. Get them. Everybody, basically know, every, everybody basically knows what a living trust is. That's where you, you, are, you create the trust. You are the settler or the grantor, the creator of the trust. You appoint yourself trustee. You appoint yourself beneficiary. You move your assets into the trust. It's you, you, you. There's no two parties. A contract consists of two or more parties, uh, an offer by one party, and an acceptance in total of the, uh, by the other party of that offer. And it, there has to be consideration, which is something of value that passes between the parties, that each party gives to the other party. And it can't be for anything illegal. Well, in a, in a, uh, in a uh, um, living trust, it's known at best as an adhesion contract. An adhesion contract is a take-it-or-leave-it contract. Just like the uh, best example probably is if you want to form a corporation in U.S. or Canada. All the information goes into the province or the state, okay? And that information then 
is uh, you get back the contract according to the rules of your state or province. No, you can't. You can't. Um, um, you can't negotiate with them. You just take it or leave it, and uh, that's an adhesion contract or your driver's license. They say, "Come up, sign here, and you can drive in this drive your vehicle in this state or province." Well, that's not. A, you don't have any options. You can't say, "You know what? I'd rather go 75 than 70 in my state." No, no options. It's an adhesion contract. Take it or leave it. And um, so, but this is a true private contract organization. Okay. And the big difference is that you make up the, the, the contract can be put together in any way, shape, or form that's not illegal. Okay. We have a creator. He makes an offer to you. If you will give me your assets, I in turn will give you trust certificates. Boom. The minute you submit an application, your assets are protected. The moment you send an application, your assets are protected. Isn't that incredible? As of that moment, the date and the time at the top of the email or at the top of the, at the, top of the um, facts, your assets are protected instantly. Your, your, your contract has been accepted. Okay, it's a tentative contract because you don't have the documents yet. Your signature is not on anything other than just the submission, uh, so, yeah, submission of the, of the uh, application. It takes four to six weeks to get your documents, but you've been protected up until the time you get your documents. Once you receive your documents, the um, first thing you do, you, you'll also get a book with, them, with your documents, your Trust One, your LLC, and your Trust Two documents. You get a book along with that that is um, activating and funding the Specialized Trust Strategy, or affectionately known as the STS program. Read through that book. It's step by step by step what to do and to, to activate your program and have it totally legal, and you can do it in a matter of a couple hours if you want, but within the first uh, 48 to 72 hours, we need your signature. Check everything, make, as it says in the green book. Make sure everything is, is uh, signed, uh, spelled correctly, the dates are correct, etc., etc., and then you um, sign every, every page where your name is, is printed underneath a line, and there's about 12 to 15 pages that need to be notarized. Guys, when you've got all this done, the next thing you do in that 12 and that 48 to 72 hours, the next thing you'll do then is to file a UCC lien against the assets. Actually, it'll be against you, but against the assets that you've transferred to the, uh, and I'm not going to get into the explanation. Maybe next week I'll do that. But, but you file a lien against yourselves as the debtors because nobody knows the thing that makes this program so incredibly powerful is the fact that nothing's recorded anywhere. It's a private contract. You set up a corporation, it's recorded. I can go online and, and find out every corporation that's out there. You set up an LLC, it's, it's recorded. It's recorded. I can find out everything that's in an LLC. You set up a, a, a partnership or a statutory trust, they're recorded. They're very easy to go in and find out things about it, uh, what, what's going on. But with the STS program, it is totally private, totally private. Nobody can find out what it is. Every judge, every, judge, every, uh, every attorney I've ever talked with, U.S. and Canada, they have admitted that they that this program is for real. Once they take the time to talk to me or come to a seminar, 
first all first all of them are calling it a scam or that's not right, it's illegal, blah blah blah. It's because they're only taught statutory law, my friends. The weakest law is statutory. The strongest law is common law, which creates the, the US Constitu which of which the US Constitution is is based on, okay? And uh, um, by far the, the strongest of the two. Um, so this this program, once you get all of your assets transferred into the STS program and get the lien filed so that, and the key thing about getting the lien filed, it puts you in priority position. The only way, and we've transferred all of your assets into the trust, and the, the trust, your trust too will file the lien, and you'll learn more about that. And let me mention, let me take a second and caveat here, keep track of where I'm at so I don't forget. Guys, people have come on board, started their program, and said, Mike, oh, this thing is so overwhelming. No, it's not, guys. Let me set your, let me set your mind at ease here. The minute you submit that application, you own nothing. That's, that's the basis of the program. That's all it is. All the other things are peripheral uh, fluff that has to be, they have to be taken care of. But first of all, get your assets protected. That's all there is to it. And then secondly, you get the documents signed and dated and notarized. That's not so hard. It takes four to six weeks after you submit an application. Usually it's done in three to four weeks, but it takes four to six weeks to, to get the application, um, the documents in your hand. And when you get them in your hand, don't treat it lightly. I've had people that have had their, haven't opened their boxes for a year after they've received them. Guys, you've spent, you're going to spend good money for this program. Very, very cheap. Attorneys charge U.S. and Canada. Uh, this was re directly out of Ed Gilmore's mouth. He said, "My people spend twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars in Canada here for a program they can't even do what your program does, set up by attorneys. Okay, can't even begin to do it. In the U.S. It's a no-brainer. Nobody can compete with this program. U.S., Canada, Germany, England, Australia—you name the country. Panama, Costa Rica—nobody can do what this program does. Okay, so now you get everything in the program, all of your assets. You've given up ownership." And the, the, one of the very first things you want to do is make sure who the trustees are. If you don't see your name there, you don't sign anything. Uh, again, you have the option, if, a, if a, the documents are presented to you, of, of turning them down for a legitimate reason. And the legitimate reason would be if your name's not on there. But if your name is on there, you've been appointed trustee because on the application it says suggested trustee one and suggested trustee two, if there are any, that the creator has to have, the independent third-party arms-length creator has to have total authority to, um, to give those, um, to, to appoint anybody he wants as trustee, including you. And that was put together in, I believe it was Carpenter versus White, where the judge ruled, because you've given up all of your assets irrevocably, you have no more ownership in those assets than any man on the street. And the other side of that sword, of, of that sword, this two-sided sword, is that because you've got no more rights than any other man on the street to those assets, you have the same right as any other man on the street to be appointed trustee. Hello. Uh, there's some people that have asked me, and it was just asked to me today, and I hope Ken's on the call. It was, it was asked to me, well, the creator automatically um, um, uh, is planning on resigning in every situation. Sure he is. And I called one of the private attorneys. He said, of course you can. It's, it's, everyone's an independent um, 
contractual agreement, they can do that at any time. And uh, the creator can resign at any time. And he said, well, that, that makes it a compulsory thing. No, it doesn't. It just makes it part of the contract. And there's case law that he cited me. I don't, I don't have it right. I didn't write it down or anything. The case law that backs up that, that this program is so powerful. But in conclusion, then, the key is to get your program started. We're not going to be taking people that call me and, and, and within a few days or a week say, Mike, I got this notice from the IRS or the CRA or, or from an attorney or from, from a, uh, I just had a bad car accident. No, you either start planning ahead. We've got tons of people sending in applications. Uh, are we getting a little choosy? Yeah, that's what we've got to do to force you to say, hey, I'm not going to wait around to see if something happens, and then I'll start my program. We can't allow that anymore because it, we, we do tons of extra work that, that we don't have to. If you've got something against you, but then you start your program right now, and in a few months or six months or a year, somebody uh, you, you get a notice from the IRS or the CRA or a law firm or whatever, and we've been successful against all of them so far. We have been successful. We haven't lost a nickel yet. Okay? So... Guys, with that being said, the key then is to get started. Um, the program, uh, we're going to be moving it up a little bit in July. We've got to. We haven't moved it up in eight years, seven years, whatever it's been. And all of our prices have increased, so we're going up a little bit first of July. So um, with that, beat that rush to the end and uh, save, a, save a few hundred dollars and uh, uh, start your program. It's the only thing to do for you your family, your business, or your profession, okay? Uh, you as an individual, your family, they're counting on you. So that's, that's about the, the um, free STS problems that a lot of us have, okay? A lot of people have. We're willing to, to just stand in here with you arm in arm and work and get these, get these people off your back legally, lawfully, contractually, and irrevocably, okay? So with that being said... I'm going to go now to the uh, first to the computer. I see a couple of questions on there. We've got, I've got some um, emailed questions that came in tonight. And for those of you that are on the phone, if you do have a call or a question, rather, um, press star eight, and a little flag will come up with a number on it. And a little bit later, I will start answering those. When I get ready um, to start answering the phones, um, have your question ready so um, so that we can, I, you can ask it to me. I can give you a good, clear answer, a, a defined answer, and um, and we can move on to the next one, okay? So here, guess two. I am co-owner with my parents of a parcel of property. Could I enter a portion of the property, or better yet, the whole property, into the STS? Um, if you're co-owners with your parents, let me tell you how you have to handle that. And so many people have been so grateful that we've done that. First of all, people that want to bring their kids on board and things like that, anybody that is an adult has to have their own program. Um, if it's a husband and wife or a, if it's a couple that are, you know, a, a unit, we can, uh, we can take you. But um, like you and your parents, let me strongly suggest, and guys are so cheap, I'm not telling you this just to sell you another program, just to sell you, yeah, another program. If we put just you on there, we could only protect your portion of the property. Your, your See, there's two titles to everything. There's legal title and there's equitable title. The legal title, if you're co-owners, you both have you and um, your parents, you each have 50% more than likely of the property. We can protect yours if you start the STS program. 
But the parents would have to start their own, and they will be tickled to death someday that they did. Protects everything they own instantly. And um, not only that, it uh, in the later years of their life, they can they can transfer their party part over. But we can then put uh, 50% of their STS program, 50% of the property into their program, and 50% of the property into yours. Otherwise, if we only protect yours, and let's say your parents are out on a Sunday drive, and they, uh, like my dad did a couple times, they miss a stop, uh, not miss a stop sign, but they look and don't see somebody coming, and bang, they cause an accident or a medical situation, whatever it might be your part will be protected. However, they'll still lose their part of the property, and they can shut yours down and force a sale. They'll have to pay you for your part of it, but if you don't want to lose the land, you've both got to have a a program, and that's what they've got to have. Every person you know, I can promise you, everybody on this call, every person you know needs this program, okay? Every person in today's, this day and age, okay? Without, there's not even a doubt in anybody's mind about that anymore. Okay, I hope that answers it for you. Could I enter a portion? Yeah, you can enter a portion, or better yet, the property into the You can enter your whole portion, and your parents would still own legally own their portion so that we can't protect what they own unless they start their own program, okay? That's just, just legal. That's not us. That's legal, okay? All right, could you mute your call again, please? A lot of background noise. Okay, I can do that. I'm going to unmute. David Sprankling. You're right. All right, now I'm going to mute you out again. Okay? Let me know, Hildy, if that did any good. Um, guess 20, lots of noise on the call. Yeah, thank you for letting me know that. Um, uh, and, and by the way, guess two, we've got a lot of clients that were in your same boat, and now they just thank us over and over and over. Maybe one of the partners, one of their parents have had a stroke or a heart attack and this and that, and we'll the bills mount up and people could go after them. Um, doesn't do them any good now. We send them a letter letting them, whoever the attacker may be, letting them know that, that we don't have, they don't have any ownership in the property. So all they have is, is part of the legal title, and it stops it right then and there. Okay, Michael, a friend of mine wants to move, so to move, so land out of a public company into the private. Um, Michael, a friend of mine wants to move, so land out of a public company into the private. I'm, I apologize. I don't know exactly what you mean. You mean in a, you have investment or stocks or bonds or something? Guess six in a in a private company. Some land. Okay, twenty three. You have some land. Okay. Um, you want to move it out of a public company? I don't know how it would be. How it's owned by? Do you own it and it's being leased to a public company, or the land is in a, uh, a, a existing corporation or something like that? Um, let me type it in, and I'll see if I can figure this out. After, or if you can come on the phone call and ask me. After it RVs, do we pay off personal debts through LLC or, or uh, CDN Corp. or Canadian Corp.? Uh, you can pay off debts, um, to my knowledge. And, and again, I'm not a tax person. You have to check with your your tax professional, and I don't know all the rules, but I do know what I've heard a lot of them talk about and at Gilmore in Canada and some others in Canada. You can use your LLD or your Canadian corporation, but see, if it's not business-related, you can't deduct it. It's not deductible. And if you do pay it off with a with the LLC or the Canadian Corp debit card, it just acts as um, income for you, okay? It acts as income for you. This isn't a, this isn't a tax avoidance or evasion 
uh, program by any stretch of the imagination. We don't do taxes. We tell you all the time, and we've told people for ever since we started that if you have a tax issue, or, or rather a tax obligation, you've got to pay it. You've got to go to your tax professional, and they'll put the tax, they'll file the tax forms for you. In the U.S., it's a 1041. Okay, um, Bob, P-A-M-N-C. Michael, if one or two trustees resigns before any of the documents are notarized, how do we hand how do we handle the documents? Well, in with your in with your program, you get the CD, and the CD, if you scroll down, it's got um, um, appointment and release, I believe, or, or something like that, of trustees and managers. All you do is make out a uh, make out one of those. If they're resigning, just have you know. If, first of all, if they're not on there, we've had a lot of people. I mean, you made that you trusted in people that weren't trustworthy, I guess, but they just didn't want to be on there. Maybe they're trustworthy, but didn't want to be on the program. So what you've got to do is either, um, uh, if their names are typed on there, you scratch it out and initial it, and uh, they don't have to sign there then. Or you can you can look in there and print out a uh, if they've already signed or something. And now they don't want on there. Just uh, print out one of the uh, uh, trustee or manager uh, resign uh, minute orders. Okay, whatever it is we call it. <laughs> Forget. I know it's appointment and activation, and it's also uh, removal. I just think it's removal. Okay, land is a corporation that is public, and he wants to move it into the private. Boy, that's a good one. Is this U.S. or Canada? Uh, number six. Is it U.S. or Canada? Um, public stock. Okay, I'm not sure how to do that. Um it's in a corporation, there's got to be a way you can do it. Okay, it's Canadian. Um, let me see what I can... Send me an email uh, at mpgprotect at aol.com. Again, mpgprotect at aol.com. It's right at the top of the email I send out, and you may have gotten one for tonight's call, okay? Um, send me an email, say, about the Canadian corporation that owns... Public land, public corporation that owns land, you want to move it into the private um, to raise money to develop the land. Um, I'll see what I can check with, but you're probably better off. I know you are. Um, best off, go to a, um, a real estate attorney in Canada and ask them what to do with it. I don't have all the answers to some of these things that involve that are outside of asset protection. Okay. We can get it protected. I know we can do it. There's just there's no doubt about that. But I just don't know um, how to do the thing about public Canadian corporation moving into a private uh, vehicle. We can do that, but the exact way to do it, I don't know. So check with a uh, check with a Canadian um, probably real estate attorney would be the best person to do. Let them know what you want to do. You can generally get a free consultation from these from one of these fellows. And if it costs you a few bucks, it's worth every dime because you'll get it done. You'll get the right advice. Okay. So uh, let's do that. I'm going to go for a moment now. That's the end of the questions on the uh, computer. So I'm going to move into the uh, the questions from the uh, uh, that are on the um, that were emailed to me. Okay. Let's see. I have a car that I will trade in and get eight to twelve thousand dollars for, and want to lease the replacement. And I do this in one of the LLCs the one I keep the real estate in. The second will have the investments. All right. Whether it's a second LLC or a second 
or you, or you, if you're in Canada, you create a Canadian corporation. First of all, we never, never, never put any vehicles in the um, in the uh, trust of the LLC. Now, the equity of the trust or the equity of the vehicle can be owned by the trust. And you go to your um, documents and you find where the vehicle lien, um, the vehicle lien form. If it's a brand new STS program you've got, it should be in your program. It should be about Schedule B3. Uh, if not, it should be on the D on the DVD that comes with your program. Now, what that does, first of all, you got to take it down to the, the DMV uh, and, and file it. If you're going to sell the car, get rid of it quickly. Then you just make a minute order out. It says all of the equity of, and you put the year, make, and model, and VIN of the vehicle on this on this um, minute order. All of the all of the equity of the following vehicle has been transferred to, and in the name of your trust. It's all you have to this trust or whatever. It's all you have to do, and sign it as uh, sign it as the contractor. Okay. And um, that means you're giving it all up. So when the vehicle is paid for, all of the equity that you're going to be getting, that eight to uh, eight to twelve thousand dollars, that belongs to Trust One, and that's where you'll put it. You'll have them uh, make the check out to Trust One. If they make it out to you because the title of the car is in your name, uh, that's fine. You, if it's made out to you, you can deposit it into your twelve into your trust account. However. If it's made out to a trust or an LLC or a corporation, you can't deposit that into your personal account. Personal into trust, personal into into uh, trust because it's a personal document and the trust is the member. You can't put it into the LLC because you're not the member of the LLC. The trust is the member of the LLC. You are the appointed trustee of the trust, so you can do that. Okay? Um, uh, so, you, yeah, you can get that done all right. Um, the second will have the yeah. Now the the first LLC you everybody has when they get their program holds all of their personal property at the instant they started their program. Okay, any any new purchases you make from now on, anything related to the trust personal, uh, which would could be your furniture because the trust now owns your furniture and this and that. Any of that stuff, it can be um, it can be. Uh, Transferred to the trust. I'm, I lost my train of thought on that. Anyway, okay. Oh, yeah. It owns all the personal property. It's LLC one. Any LLCs you create after that will be for a specific pers- uh, purpose, such as this. It could be for real estate. It can be for for investments, such as uh, precious metals, uh, gems, anything like that. You can invest in real estate and and uh, as investment real estate or rental or pro- rental properties, whatever you want. But you want to create a separate LLC for each of these. I'm not telling you this to sell you an LLC because we don't make a dime on them. I'm just telling you this so that you can, because it's a special price we use for our clients, and um, um, that that special price enables you to to create additional LLCs for pra- not not 2,500 to to 5,000 like they do and uh, an attorney will charge you for an LLC. Um, but if it's a Canadian corporation, I think they're about 350. It'd be a provincial corporation, and um, you know, just go online. You can find a company easy enough that can do it for you, and um, create. A, or we can, you know, we can't do it in Canada yet, but we will be pretty very shortly. We'll learn how to do it. 
So anyway, you want to start a second LLC or Canadian corporation for every type of investment you've got, every different situation. Real estate, it's, it's location, location, location. Privacy and protection, it's separation, separation, separation. And you'll learn more about that as you, as you, have, your, as you have your trust for a longer period of time. Okay, I have a, a meeting today at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I have concerns about some of my expenses as they relate to the LLC. The vehicle reimbursements for mileage related to trust, LLC, corporate business, link my personal expenses to these entities. I'm not sure how to present these expenses and not bring in the trust to the conversation. Your, your opinion on this would be extremely valuable, valued as to how I present these expenses related to my personal cost of living expenses. I'm hoping you will respond to this immediately because I'm prepared. I'm meeting with the guy in an hour and a half. See what I mean, guys? You give me this thing, an hour and a half, now, you've known that meeting was coming up, and I'm not scolding you. I'm just telling you from my point of view, I want to I want to do what you need done, but doggone it. Give me an hour and a half. I didn't even see it until after it was uh, – I've, I've always got things to do in the mornings, and uh, um, I didn't even see this until it was noon my time, which was about an hour past your time that you were doing. So anyway, um, guys, here's the key to what I just read. Keep them separate personal if they ask you you don't expose this trust to anybody whenever they ask you anything you if they want to know about your mileage give them your personal mileage uh, that's all you got to give them they don't know the difference between that they don't even know you have business mileage unless you tell them uh, if you do tell them um, tell them i've got business mileage and and the uh, and, and and just give them what they want for business mileage what's what business is it and you give them the name of your llc or your canadian corporation you don't expose the trust and um, you give them one of those two names, and they'll understand it. But um, uh, it's just the, the company I work for, okay? And that's what it is. You're an appointed trustee. It's not your, your LLC or it's not your provincial Canadian corporation. That's what, that's what protects you. It belongs to Trust One. You don't expose Trust One. You give them your personal, you give them your business, okay? Uh, mileage. And anything else like that, if they ask you for... If you get attacked and they say, well, you can respond and, and you must respond in 20 days, guys, that's you. That's not your trust or your LLC. That's you that has to respond in 20 days. So you give them according to your personal life. You don't mention the trust in there, okay? Can you, clar can you clarify what commingling funds is and why it should not be done with the LLC or the trust? Okay, commingling funds means you're using business funds to pay for something personal. That's all it is. If I go into, if I'm up in Chicago in the wintertime and I got only a light jacket on and it's got really cold, the temperature's dropped about 30 degrees in an hour and a half, I go into Walmart. No, I wouldn't go into China Mart for anything. I go into Lowe's or one of the others and I go into menswear. Wherever I go to buy a jacket and the only card I've got with me is my, is my Master's Protection Group card I, I buy it with that. Now I'm commingling funds, but the out to that is because I'm buying something for my personal use through company funds. The out to that is I make my accountant aware that that particular purchase was for personal goods and that, let's say it's $125. That $125 then goes on my personal income. It's $125 of personal income. 
So I'm not commingling because I'm going to pay taxes on it personally, okay? But basically, simple definition, commingling of funds is when you buy something with company funds and you for personal use. If you report it as for personal use and you pay taxes, you put it on your 1040 then in the U.S., um, then it's okay. You're paying the taxes on it. That you, you just took a loan or whatever you want to call it. It's not even a loan, but you know what I mean, and it's fine then. Just let your accountant know about it. Can you clarify, uh, let's see, how does STS program start? Creator appoints trustee or trust services as trustee. No, it doesn't. Not anymore. In the, in the old days, the creator would appoint, would appoint me, Michael Clark, as representative trustee for trust services as the trustee one. And then the creator's out of the picture. I will appoint trustee two. And myself and trustee two will appoint trustee three, which would be a husband and wife, okay? I'm one, husband or wife is two, husband or wife is three. Now, the new, the new system we've got, and we had to put this together because I had a couple people say, well, I might not want you as trustee. I, okay, that's fine. i got no problem with that. I don't want to protect you. I don't, I don't want to fight on your behalf anyway. Nobody's ever really done it. But um, if that would, we, we put that in there just so it would be there for anybody that may need it, guys. And so now the creator appoints trustee one. Now, if it's a two-contractor two program or a two-trustee program, he will name one of the contractors as trustee because they were suggested to name that. And then he would name, and then that trustee, the one he appoints trustee, he doesn't appoint the second one trustee. The first trustee appoints the second trustee, okay? Now you've got your two trustees. And the trustees from that point on appoint the two managers for the LLC, and, and the two trustees appoint the, the administrator. They are now the board of trustees. So um, that's how it starts. The creator, and then there is a, there is a one-page contract in with the appointment of trustees. Uh, I don't remember what page it is offhand, but that's where trust services um, comes in and, and is approved contractually by the two trustees uh, that were appointed by the creator, trustee one and, and, and trustee two appointed by trustee one. Those two, the board of trustees approves this contract that says that Michael Clark is a representative trustee for trust services and, all, and, and a non-voting trustee. And the only, what this does for you, my friends, it, I can't, we can't defend you. Uh, we can't um, act on, your, on behalf of the trust if we're not trustees. And so we're in there as a non-voting trustee simply to act on behalf of the trust, keep maintain your privacy as trustees, but simply rea react on behalf of the trust if the trust is attacked, okay? But that's a private contract. It's no longer where the creator appoints trust services and then trust services appoints trust, trustee one and trust services and trustee one appoint trustee two. No longer in place, guys. We've changed that. And if you read your documents, you'll see exactly what I'm I'm talking about. Um, so that's uh, creator automatically resigns, but trust services remains as non-voting trustee. Yes, but now it's contractual. Conce concerned courts do not see STS as a compulsory action and then therefore not legally independent. Show me the case where one 
one court has ruled this way against a private, it would have to be a statutory court where they've ruled this way against a, uh, a pure contract trust. First of all, they can't. A pure contract trust is a federal document, which means it's an Article Three. Uh, it ha- would have to go to an Article Three court, a federal court. They, they're, they're, I would be, I would be absolutely amazed if somebody shows me this. Um, that that the creator is a compulsory because he re- every every contract is different for crying out loud. Every contract, every every basic uh, trust and statutory realm, they all contain the same things, the same basic items in there, um, spendthrift clause and this and that. So so I don't believe that. And uh, I, I know who it was that told me that. And I think I would like that person to show me a court case, a non-statutory court case that states that. Our our trustee has our, our creator has the has the right to um, to file to to resign anytime he wants. There's not you know it's not a slave a slave document. Um, okay, we were wondering. Okay, here's one. We were wondering. I addressed the point about uh, letters. We were wondering if a letter has been sent off on our behalf. Yes, it has. Uh, you know who wrote this? We have not received confirmation or copy of one, and and you stated you were going to send. Two weeks ago, uh, blah blah blah. We're dealing with timeline, and just wanted to say that um, I will get you a copy of that tomorrow. But I wanted, I wanted. That's why I talked about earlier, guys. There may be a, a situation where we forget to send a, a, a letter off to you, or, or and I've done it where I've hit the red X instead of the uh, send. And I thought it was a certain email or a certain document was sent, and here I, I stopped it. So when I'm in, when I got a lot of stuff. Uh, Working under a lot of uh, not a lot of pressure, uh, but working under a lot of situations with this. With this, we get it done as quick as we can, my friends. And we're going to continue to do that. And we've got people coming on board now that are that are uh, in a position that they know the program. And um, guys, I want to I want to mention something. Um, well, no, never mind. That's that's irrelevant. Um, but anyway, yes, sent off to CIBC. I will double check that tomorrow. And I uh, just got your email today, and uh, make sure if for some unknown reason it hasn't been, I'll do it first thing in the morning. Michael, on the FinCEN 104 form that we fill out, uh, on the FinCEN 104 form that we fill out for currency exchange for Trust One, line 13 states, occupation, profession, business. Um, what do we put there? You know, I don't know. I don't, I, I've got a copy of the FinCEN 104. Um, uh, probably put NA, not applicable, because the trust is not an occupation, it's not a profession, or it's not a business. The trust is the owner of the uh, of the investment, whether it's dinar, whether it's um, um, Vietnamese dong, no matter what it is. Okay, um, I'm not an expert on this, and let me tell you this, guys. There's so much information going around out there, of which probably 99% of it is bogus. Um, I'm not even worried about it. I know I've never listened to a single dinar call. Uh, every one of them has been phony. Um, they've got all these excuses time after time, uh, after deadline, after deadline, after deadline. They've got excuses. Guys, when it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I learned that a long time ago when I was doing high-yield investments. Got the same thing, put my money in. In 30 days, you're going to have your money tripled, blah, blah, blah. Didn't happen. The excuses start. Um, sometimes they paid off. Uh, maybe a year down the road or whatever. If you get into any type of investment and you're planning on it, it, it um, funding 
in a matter of weeks or months, sometimes even years, you're kidding. You, you're you're a fool. You got into the. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care. Look at all. Look how many years now have the dinar, for example, been saying next Monday, next month. They've always got a reason why. Okay, now it's going to be October 10th. You know, baloney. They don't know. They don't have a clue. So so don't frustrate yourself by getting into all this. Um, um, we've got a person on our team who is, is talks regularly and is a good friend of the U.S. government's person in charge of Mideast currency. He doesn't know. All these stuff, well, um, I forget the name of the previous prime minister, but you know who I'm talking about. And, and these guys, well, it's going to happen. My friend knows this person who knows that person who's uh, who's sleeping with this person. And by golly, guys, it just, there's nobody out there that knows. There's certain reasons that it's not going, and I think ISIS might be have a, have a play a big part in that. I think petrodollars may be playing a part in that and until some things change. Or not, I don't know. I don't know. Don't listen to me. But I'm just telling you, there's a, I can make as good a guesses as these guys, but I'm not going to. I've learned long ago that whenever it's an investment like this where, hey, earn earn uh, 50% a week on your money and blah, 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 baloney. Uh, now, I've got in on some of those, but if they say, yeah, and in, in six weeks you can get money out of it or four weeks or whatever, that's when the excuses will start, okay? And especially the ones that say, well, we can't give you any information on like the bank or this or that. If you invest in something like that, shame on you, because I did, and shame on me. Okay, I know. But FinCEN, I don't know that much about it, not, but I do know this, that the people that, that the guy in our organization that has this, uh, he'll tell you right off the bat that uh, every bank's going to be a little bit different when they do it, just like every state or every province is a little bit different. They're going to be a little bit different, so why worry about it now? Wait when the, when the RV does happen, and we'll know about it. You'll hear a great shout throughout the U.S. and Canada. And if anything is going to set off the San Andreas, that would be it, okay? But, um, um, hey, with that being said, I'm going to get off track for a second before I go to the last question on email. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you want to see an absolutely terrific, terrific movie, it's, an, it's a little bit older movie, but go to, or, or search and find it, or go to the the... the Netflix or whatever you do, and find uh, watch About Time. It's an absolutely phenomenal movie, especially the last part of the ending of the movie. And uh, just gives you a real outlook on life of how much we're really missing, each one of us. We're all individuals. We all have different things that we believe in that, that we think are right or wrong and this and that. But we all, if you try to base somebody else on your definitions of what you think would be right, you're missing out on a lot because that person that you're trying to judge is a uh, is a real person just like yourself. They've got their own ideas, that, and and we've all formed our ideas through our through our childhood and, and as we grow up and our successes and failures. But the number one thing that I, I heard, um, I think it was Lee Iacocca say, maybe it was uh, Stanley Kresge, that you're, you're we're all exactly where we're supposed to be right now, according to the decisions we've made in the past. Guys, that's something I've I've started to live by quite some time ago and you can change your your direction in a heartbeat just making better decisions okay but i want to mention i want to mention right in the beginning i forgot about this movie okay about time the only known actress i know in there is rachel mcadams but it's just a great movie uh, i apologize for yet another query my bookkeeper is afraid to sign as she cannot understand she cannot be appointed temp- temporarily 
I will sign the document. Yeah, she can be appointed temporarily um, as a as a um, trustee or as a manager. She can be appointed temporarily, book, uh, uh, manager or trustee. I don't know where you got that from. Um, if I said something, I misspoke. I will sign the document myself and is really need to get this done. My question, must I sign as a trustee or could I sign contractor? It all depends on what you're signing. If you're signing something that you're, this is to register ourselves, oh, as shareholders, rather than trust one to move forward with the insolvent. Okay. Um, you know, I don't really know the, the answer to that, according to Canadian law, and I don't want to give you a, uh, a by mentioning shareholders, I know it's um, Canadian, uh, I don't want to give you a wrong answer on that. So um, do what you've got to do. You, there should be somebody you can ask um, that would have a more of an answer than I do, and I don't know exactly where you're from, but I'm going to throw another hardball your way, Lawrence. Uh, if, you, if, if you know the answer to that, Lawrence, or if you wouldn't mind... Um, I will send you this person's um, <coughs> email address and their phone number. Maybe you can touch base with it. So, or, or the person that wrote this to me, if you're listening tonight, and you should be, because you know I was going to put it, on, I was going to answer it on the call. Um, go ahead and um, send me an email with this here question, and I will get you Lawrence's information. If he doesn't know it, then you have to ask somebody local because I'm not sure of anybody. Um, successful admitter. Yeah, you know what? We're self-made, but we're self-made according to the people around us, the people that have influenced us. You know, if you want to go in the corner and sit with the gangs, you can you can sit with the gangs, and that's who will influence you, and that's how you will be self-made as a gang as a gangster. But guys, there's other there's a lot of great people out there that would give you help in a heartbeat. Um, before I go to the questions here, I'm going to bring Chappie on board. Okay, my friend, you're you're live. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, I got two clients. One one client is married, and the other client is a father and son. And they both have kind of like the same situation. The ones that are married, uh, the wife is not living um, nearby, for the moment, I don't know why she's out of town, but she is, and they want to get the documents signed. I told them to send the documents to her, have them sign it, and have it notarized just her signature. Then when they're sent back, he can get his signature signed and with his just signature and the notary on the same page. Um, did I instruct them right? Perfect. Yeah, we've had a lot of people do that. Okay, the father and son, the the son is is procrastinating about wanting to sign right now for whatever reason, and I said, well, just just uh, you sign it and and have the notary sign say your name only. That's fine. Yeah, perfect. Okay, very good. Thank you, brother. Okay, see so you guys. Now that's a question that you wouldn't hear. Uh, anywhere else um, except on these Monday night calls. It's something you may, may never think of, but yet it may come up sometime in your life. You never know what's going to come up. Um, let me go up here and, and finish up tonight's call um, <coughs> by the questions that are on the computer here. Um, okay, excellent, thanks. Uh, can someone's trust, once set up, be affected by a separation or divorce? 
You identify that these trusts are set up for individual and not couple. Yeah, no, they're set up for couples. Um, not half of our clients are couples, half are um, uh, individuals. Uh, individual is just one trustee, one, one manager, one administrator, one contractor. Couples, it's both. Um, but a separation or a divorce, yes, it will affect it because you, what you'll probably have to do, and what some, we've got a couple different things here that have happened. In some instances, they've created through their trust one a second trust, uh, or just separately created a second trust, and then they uh, mostly through trust one because then they can put in the assets of what the couple that's going to uh, which which partner is going to take certain assets into the second trust and and leave the other ones in the first trust. And then the uh, the one the one representing the second trust uh, second STS program rather would just uh, resign and and the one couple one of the couple one of the individuals would uh, would own all of the assets in one of the STS programs and the other one would own all of the assets in the other one unless somebody wants to just get out of it altogether then they would just be bought out by, but you guys have to determine that. We don't have anything. I wouldn't get in the middle of a divorce uh, squabble, uh, even if it's amicable. Uh, amicable, yep. So anyway, uh, determine that. <coughs> I don't see why anybody would want to put their assets. The only way to go, in my opinion, is to do it through creating a second um, STS program, and that would give both parties uh, to the separation a... Uh, uh, protected interest in the prop in the, in the assets they wanted. Okay. Um, let's see. One of the trustees resigned for any of the documents. Are, okay, we got that. Uh, can someone's trust be set up by divorce? Yes, it can. Let's see, Michael. The vehicle was that was discussed was to be a lease vehicle. Okay, which has no equity. Right. Um, yeah, I was talking about the vehicle you're you're selling or trading in. Um, That'll be down payment, but if you, I mean, you can, unless there's capital gains. If there's no capital gains and if it's that amount of money, it doesn't matter. Just put it in your own name. But, but if, it, if it's in your name, you want it to get into the trust account. You can either put it in your name and, and make sure it's assigned. All of your money is assigned to the trust, or you can just do another assignment of income. Money received from sale of such and such vehicle is hereby assigned to put your LLC or the trust. And that way you've got it, okay? It's in the trust. It's not subject to somebody coming after you for it, uh, uh, situations like that. All right, Canadian Corporation, provincial, numbered corporation, another $375. Yeah, that's right. Better than twenty-five dollars to $50,000, is not it? Um, guys, this program is, is uh, anybody that puts on a second LLC, it's four eighty-five, And a lot of people do it, probably 75% of the people for investments for different reasons. Um, yeah, 375 is a piece of cake if you're serious about it. Now, you don't have to do it right away. If you don't have the money and, you, and the RV hasn't happened, you don't have to do it right away. But the, uh, you've got all the money from, your, from, your, from the RV going into your trust anyway, and at that point you can create this, this uh, second LLC, third LLC, fourth LLC, second Canadian corporation, third Canadian corporation. See, very simple. Just if, if This program is more common sense than anything else. But I appreciate the fact that you come to me for final uh, to make sure what you're doing is right. You'll learn it, and uh, if you keep coming to these Monday night calls, you'll learn the program. In six months to a year, you'll know the program as well as I do. 
Okay, some good info on the Iraqi dinar reset starts in about 42 minutes in the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but all the people that have given all this reset and this this information, if they were prophets in the Old Testament, they would be dead by now. They'd all be stoned to death. Guys, I've learned, I've done, done high-yield investments for years and made money on some. I'm way ahead of the game, but... But in the, it's the same thing there as it is with this Iraqi dinar or any other type program like this. No, I promise you, these guys don't have a clue. If they say, I've heard, I've heard these guys talk. I've heard of these guys talking before. People have contacted me and said, this one or that one, and Jim Willie Gold runs the game, man, blah blah. It said, and this was a year ago, that within two weeks, blah blah. Hey, if you want to listen to it and it and it, and it gives you a little something to do, fine. But, but all I'm saying is don't get stressed out over what you hear. Don't start buying that Mercedes before you got the money in your bank account, okay? The property would have to be wholly owned by you, guest two, at the time of the creation of the trust. This is guest 23. What am I missing here? The property would have to be wholly owned by you, guest two, at the time of the creation of the trust. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Making a trust before contracting into a marriage. Oh, marriage would be most honorable. Um, yeah. I agree, and people have told me I've had tons and tons of individuals and attorneys and tax professionals tell me, Mike, this is the best prenup. It's the only impenetrable prenup because you don't own anything. You give up all your ownership. You are in control, but if anybody's looking for a prenup, you get your assets into a uh, into a STS program. Okay, where are we at here? Bruce, is this all about money, money, money? Blah. I'm not sure what you mean, Bruce. It's about protection, protection, protection. If you read the court cases that I do, you'd see innocent senior citizens uh, being destroyed because they have assets. And there's law firms out there. Uh, they don't. They don't just. They don't sue a little fender bender, and all of a sudden they're suing you for a hundred thousand dollars. And if you don't have any protection, you lose everything you've worked to accumulate your whole life. If you've got that kind of attitude, Bruce, um, just stay where you're at, my friend. Um, let's see, guest 23, all people are self-made. I appreciate that, but only the successful admit it. Was the, yeah, you're self-made one way or another, okay? Um, was the letter sent off, and may I have a copy of it? Um, Hildy, I'll check and see for you, and I will get you a copy if, if it um, should have been sent off. Thank you for the great information this evening, Michael. I am looking forward to connecting with you later. Have a good evening. Cheers. And cheers to all of you. It looks like that's the end of our questions for tonight. Let me double check here. Oh, no, we got some here. Northwest Indiana, Northwest Illinois. Hello, Verba. How are you? Hello, Michael. <laughs> I knew that was you. I know. You're just smarter than average bear. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I just know a little bit about asset protection. Most other things, I'm dumb as a box of hammers. Hey, but so anyway, you're on your phone. Um. I took out a loan today to fix my car, the car, not my car, the car. And I also got it a little bit bigger because I need some groceries. So I just tell my tax man that this much went, this much went for auto repair and this much went for personal. Perfect. You got it. Okay. Thank you. Good call. Enjoy it. Thank you. I'm, I'm learning, I think. I'm taking lots of notes anyway. You're doing great. She, 
For all you out there tonight, Verva takes notes every Monday. So. You're right. Thank you, dear. Talk to you Thank later. Thank you. <laughs> Night. Okay. We've got Southern California. Is this Papa Joe? Hello? Is this Papa Joe? Southern California. Hey, nope, I guess not my sister either, I guess. She was Good, Mike. Hello? Yeah, who is this? Hey, hello, your phone. Mike? Yes. Hi, can you hear me? Are you fine? Who is this? Okay, great. This is in calling. I'm sorry Who's this? about my voice. Okay. But my question was, I came in kind of late, so I don't know if I missed it. Uh, how does our program help if the IRS wants to garnish your paycheck? Okay, yeah, I think I got an email from you today, didn't I? Um, you sent me a... Oh, I might have missed it. Okay, send me... No, I was going to answer you personally on this, but send me an email at mpgprotect at aol.com, and I will get you in touch with Bill Tully. Bill Tully can get rid of IRS garnishment. See, that's, an, that's something Canada can't do with CRA. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, you can. I shouldn't say that. Ed Gilmore told me you can, but... But you can't let it wait. You got to be on it right away. If they start garnishing, you got to let him in on it right away. Um, but anyway, I'll give you Bill Tully's information. He can get rid of every IRS garnishment within within one month or three months. I, I will well. send that off to you, Mike. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? My voice keeps going down. Mike? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I can. Oh, hear you. I'm sorry. The second part of my question is, I bought a car, and I had it like five days and a bike ran into me. I was totally innocent. Can I be helped with my program? Oh, yeah. They're not going to get anything from you. Don't worry about that because you don't own anything anymore. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Oh, thank you for calling. I appreciate being able to talk with you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Next we've got Southwest Wisconsin. I won't know who this would be. Who's who's in Southwest Wisconsin? Who is this? Hello, Mike. Yes. This is Brand calling from Northwest Illinois. Oh, man, how are you? Okay. Good. See, uh, I had an issue uh, today that uh, just came up. Uh, Received a letter from the uh, treasurer of the state of Illinois. Uh Uh-huh. Said I had some uh, unclaimed money. So I uh, called them and... uh, what they did was that the uh, state of Illinois has got a policy that if uh, there's no communication between an investor and the investing company, even if it includes uh, uh, renewed uh, 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 renewed interest, yeah, using the interest to repurchase stocks, that doesn't count. So what they did was they confiscated uh, 36 shares of my uh, stock uh, in March 3rd while I was in Tempe, Arizona. Now, I contacted uh, the uh, security division in the state of Illinois, and uh, my question is, uh, they said that if I uh, do the application process uh, for them, that they would uh, that they would uh, send me my stock. However, the shares of stock have dropped $5 a share since the time that they took them. Uh-huh. Now, can can I communicate as as the trustee of the trust? They've all been assigned uh, to the trust and backed up with a UCC one. Can I communicate with them as long as they are willing to communicate with me? I'm glad you I'm glad you 
ask that because, guys, I you do not want to be communicating with them. We want your name off of there, and I will be compute, communicating with them as the executive trustee on behalf of the trust. Um, you can. There's nothing wrong with you doing it. And if you want to go ahead and get it started, go ahead and just say that these uh, these stock were transferred to a trust. But if it's something that gets very serious, like a bank or a lawsuit or something, send me the documents so we know who to contact. I need the name, the address, the phone number, the the agent or whoever the representative is, and the fax number. Okay? So go ahead and okay. as the appointed trustee. Just put your name and then comma trustee. Okay? Okay. Very good. Appreciate it very much. Okay, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Let's see. Guys, we're about at the bewitching hour once again. And uh, let's see. All people are something. Let's see. Thank you for the great information. See you, man. Looking forward to connecting with you later. Guys, don't forget the seminar, webinar on um, <laughs> June 27th, Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's early morning. You can just grab your cup of coffee or glass of juice, bowl of fruit, or, or a uh, bowl of uh, uh, Special K with the berries, red berries, and... Uh, and you can have just a wonderful time. Thank you, each one of you, for taking the time. God bless each one of you for taking the time to come on the call tonight. It's always my pleasure, my privilege, and my honor to... Uh, um, oh, here, wait a minute. got a couple more things. The United States is trying to forfeit some dinar dealers. They are listing all their assets. Well, they should have had an STS program. Um, okay, um, Rita, thank you, too, dear. Blessings to you and, and David and Ginger and David and Joseph and, and Mary and the three wise men. Guys, God bless each one of you. Thank you for taking the time to come on the call. Be safe. See you next week, same time, same station. Good night, Mom and Dad.